Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Wednesday afternoon with Tim Band McMahon Howdy, in Dallas, who's got his microphone working again after a yes. week down. Now I'm just trying to figure out all my passwords since I've got a new, uh, a little loaner laptop here. So that's a difficult process. All right. Well, I can't help you there. We could guess your passwords, but um, you know, we, we, this is part of the Disney family. Stop. Uh, joining us from <laughs> joining us from Boston, Massachusetts, is Tim Bontemps, who I'm sure has interesting passwords that all revolve around Saint Bonaventure. Um, I, will, are, I will not confirm or deny that. <laughs> um. So the NBA has decided they haven't officially announced it, but um, it's going to happen. Woj reported yesterday, and I can just tell you from talking to other folks, it's uh, you know Woj reports something. It's it's you know you can pretty much take it to the bank, but I can tell you that you can take it to the bank. the um, The NBA is going to have an All Star game in Atlanta in early March. I think it's March seventh, off the top of my head. Um, uh, I know that there's uh, some people who are reacting, thinking that this is a, a bad idea because it's a possible super spreader event, et cetera. You bring people from, you know, 14, 15 teams, uh, I don't know, 18 teams together, and then, you know, you send them out. Uh, look, let's just call it what it is. This is the NBA trying to salvage something. It's about money at its heart. There is going to be a... Um, uh, a charity and a goodwill uh, aspect to it. And I don't begrudge the NBA for doing that and respect that, but let's just be honest. It is what it is. They're, they're, they're trying to save this event and have a, some, a TV product and, um, and, and rescue it. And uh, Bontemps, do we know, have they, did they say anything about whether they're going to do the, um, the rally scoring or the, uh, what, I, feel like I don't think they have not said what they're going to do with the Elam ending or any of that kind Elam of stuff ending. yet, or even if they're going to do captains like they have in the past. They've just, no, no, it's going to be East first West. It sounds like East first West is what yeah. they said. So I haven't heard one thing about the Elam ending. Um, but look, uh, it's going to be a five day all-star break and I got, and those guys are going to be all be there testing every single day. If there's going to be an outbreak, it could just as likely happen from the guys who are going to go on vacation. Right, McMahon. I mean, I'm not gonna I, like. It is right. what it is. I'm not gonna do pearl clutching on this one. No, yeah, I mean, I would say guys spreading out to various beaches is uh, is <laughs> at least as dangerous. Uh, various beaches or Vegas or whatever is at least as dangerous as uh, as guys going to play a glorified uh, pickup game. Yeah, I mean, we did take a step in the right direction. Um, last year in terms of the All-Star uh, weekend. Uh, I thought the game was terrific. The Elam ending was one of my favorite moments of basketball the last year. Um, I, I don't think uh, we're going to see that level of basketball, but I'm not going to make any assumption. Let's just uh, let's just move on from that. Um, so I thought we'd maybe take a look at who we think uh, the All-Stars are going to be. So the first All-Star voting actually started last week. You can vote on Twitter and other places. I don't know. Google it. I don't know where you vote. Um, But uh, I never believe those totals anyway. Uh, Oh, we got some conspiracy theories. No, I mean, I just... Stop the steal. I I am an All-Star voter. I, I, I I am on the media panel. So I will, I will uh, make my vote. The sort of that keeps Zaza Pachulia and the like out of the out of the starter starting lineup. Um, <laughs> uh, so Bontemps, I think you um, took a look at this, and I want to start in the Western Conference um, now. So the first returns will be 
released on Thursday, which is our tomorrow, your today, if you listen to this pod, the day it comes out. Um, so we'll have a good idea. Um, there's been some big names that have changed conferences, specifically James Harden, that um, will uh, sort of shake stuff up a little bit. Um, so the starters will be determined by the uh, by the voting, so part, partially fans, partially players, partially media, and then uh, the reserves by the um, by obviously the coaches. Um, I, I don't know if I want to get into the starters or not. I thought maybe we just pick the teams, um, you know, because uh, I, the starting is somewhat interesting. But I think we'll pick the teams, unless you guys have a problem with that. It's your podcast, uh, no, it's fine. dude. Yeah, your pod, the, boss. The Follow podcast direction. is called the Hoop Collective, of which you guys are <laughs> part of the Brian collective. Windhorst. No, no, I, I, I was checking out a um, what you call it, a press release today, which was about the massive growth of ESPN podcast. We made the press release. It was Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective, though. <laughs> yeah. Which is you, McMahon. You are the, the leading collector in the Hoop Collective. <laughs> I'm a collector. That's, our, that's for sure. Um, all right. So, Bontemps, let's start with – what do you want to start with? The guard? How, how, do you, how do you have this uh, classified? So, well, as a fellow voter, uh, I have the starters and reserves that I think uh, – well, I have the starters and then the sixth okay. – in the West, five right, guys so, that I think were lost. So we're going to do the starters. Okay. We'll do the starters. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just do the – I have ten guys that I think are locks to make the team. So okay. my, my ballot is going to be uh, – 13 guys make the team. 12 guys or 13 it? guys. Remember last year they added 13 so that Wade and Nowitzki could make it? Or was that two years ago? No, that was, was two years ago. ago. I'm pretty sure it's it's twelve guys. It's, okay. It's, it should it's, be it should be thirteen. All right. There's that's my... the starters and reserves are both two back courts and three front courts, and then there's two wild card spots. So right. that that's what the team is. So All right. my starters would be Dame Lillard and and uh, Steph Curry, and my back court and my front court would be Kawhi, LeBron, and Jokic, and then the five reserves that I think are locks to make the team are Rudy Gobert, Devin Booker. Anthony Davis, Paul George, and Luka Doncic. So that's 10 guys that I think are locks to make the team. Yes, but there are 12 that make the team. And there's 12. So that that then leaves a bunch of guys, I think, for the final two spots. I went through and looked at the teams. The guys I came up with were Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley from Utah, mm -hmm. Chris Paul, John Morant, C.J. McCollum, Christian Wood, DeMar DeRozan, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander, and then argue, you could probably argue for the two guys in New Orleans, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. I think they've been bad enough yeah. that they won't be in the mix. But. I, I, okay, so let, let me let, ask you this. Wanna, so, so, so he doesn't have Luca. He doesn't have Luca in this as a starter? Whatever. Uh, McMahon, he will got, be. Uh, I mean, he will be, just because you know that's going to be the way the vote goes down, and he's got the numbers. So who do you think will who do you think the vote will go Because uh, you think who gets bumped, Lillard or Curry? <sighs> That's a great question. I think Lillard probably gets bumped from the starters. And I'm not talking, we, you know, we can discuss the merit of that if you want, but Steph's going to get the votes. Luke is going to get any the votes. Any two of those, any two of those guys are worthy starters, and all three of them are going to make that team. So right, right. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, Lillard has been, he's had a great year, and he's also been cooking since McCollum went down. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no question. Like he said, those guys are all absolute no brainer. Uh, the tiebreaker for me was the Mavs have been a mess. So, they are, yeah, you know, they have been. I, I just had Luca third, but you just because you had to choose between them. I mean, he's going to make the team for sure. The interesting part to me is who gets those final two spots because I don't really think there's much of an argument for those 10 guys. All right. So, now go, through, go through your five lo reserve locks again Booker, Gobert, Davis, George, and Luca. 
can't argue any of those. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, would this be Jokic's first starting? Is Jokic going to be popular enough to get a starting nod? He here? may not. He may not start either. But like, if Anthony because, Davis starts instead, yeah. I like again. I'm not worried about that. Like that, yeah, that so, was just how my mouth. So the way the voting goes is it's two guards and two front court players. For years, they they force you to pick a center, and so there there were years where there were some weird things that went on, namely like uh, Zaza Pachulia almost getting named as a starter. But there were years where there was a starting center who was a borderline all-star mm-hmm. because somebody had to vote for center. Not every year, but it did happen once or twice. You know, Jokic uh, just got named, um, just got named player of the month, um, which, you know, is interesting for several reasons. And I, I want to talk about Jokic with a trivia question here. And this segment is brought to you by CarMax. Don't just buy a car. Love your car with the new CarMax Love Your Car Guarantee. So uh, yesterday, uh, our Tuesday, um, Joel Embiid and uh, Nikola Jokic were named East and Western Conference Players of the Month. First time this stat was out there um, pretty prevalently, and I will give it to you. And then I want to ask you gentlemen this next trivia question. Uh, Embiid and Jokic were the first pair of centers to be named player of the month in each conference since Dwight Howard and Yao Ming in 2006, 15 years since two centers were named uh, players of the month. That stat was out there a a lot. I saw it in several places. Now, who was the last Denver nugget to be be player of the month? month? And so I'm assuming by the way you're asking it, that it wasn't the, the first name that comes to mind, which obviously would be mellow. It is mellow. It is. Well, hell that wasn't hard. (laughs) <laughs> say it was that hard, but it's been 12 years since 2009. No, that, that, that was easy. Just like it is when you shop for a car at CarMax. <laughs> God bless Corporate you. Corporate synergy. <laughs> um, I didn't, we didn't, didn't even have to guess. That's right. You know, I want to be able to, to be, I want to be able to give you last week. I asked about this, the trivia. Yeah, Scott Wedman or some crap. Yeah. Andrew <laughs> Han, Andrew Han was on me about that question. Okay. Um, I just wanted to illustrate how how unusual and strange it was that, that LeBron was fifteen and one against the Cavs. Um, Jokic, uh, Bontemps earlier this week declared that Jokic and Embiid were clearly the number one and number two MVP candidates, which yeah. caused yeah, the LeBron again. Fans I said, ar- I said, I'm pretty sure I said arguably, not clearly. All right, I apologize. So those, two, so those two guys, those two guys and LeBron, I would say, are pretty. Well, I'm just saying the LeBron, the LeBron crowd did not like that. Uh, well, plus, I mean, he's got a, you know, he's got a rep for being a big time LeBron hater ever since he gave Kawhi the uh, the the crown as king of the league. Just saying. Oh yeah, no, it was right. It was on this podcast last year during the playoffs. I'd- as I, as I said at the time, I was waiting for him to lose. And then he had one of the worst collapses in NBA history. So then LeBron won the title. So he uh, LeBron retook the uh, the crown, as he has often done over his career. And, and let me tell you, those those Jazz, their reign atop the Bond Tips power rankings didn't last too long either. Might, might want to well, no, they were still, back up they were, uh, they're still number one this well, week. Well, that, that was tough because you did have to vote. We are... Full disclosure: Our votes are due Sunday afternoon, so you didn't get the uh, the privilege of watching them get their buttocks handed to them by the old Nuggets. Well, they lost. They votes. lost by. They lost. They lost by ten to a Nuggets team that literally had like one of the greatest shooting performances in the history of the league. So it took. Uh, it took that for the streak to end. So I. I felt okay leaving them number one. 
The Lakers had a really nice win in Boston, but they also had a loss in Detroit since they were at the top of your rankings there, <clears throat> man. So I think both of you can claim victory and suffer some level of defeat. Well, sure, sure. That would be the um, first you know, victory Bontemps has been able to claim in quite some time. As an example, as an example of why you've got to be really careful betting on the NBA, I um, a Sunday that was an afternoon game in Denver, and I'm not, I'm not sure why, but Michael Singer, who's the um, beat writer for the Denver Post, uh, for some reason the Denver Nuggets daily schedule for their players was up on the jumbotron scoreboard, whatever they call the giant Mm -hmm. scoreboard when he walked in before the game. And it indicated that the nuggets were expected to report to the ball arena at 6 AM for their COVID testing, their pregame COVID testing. Hmm. And I was like 6 AM Yeah. for, I think it was a one o'clock Eastern or a one o'clock mountain one start. O'clock, one o'clock mountain time start. Yep. And then no, they then like, they hit their first nine thousand threes in a row. So, so I was like, game. so I even looked it up. I was like, well, what is the line in this freaking game? They're playing the Jazz. The Jazz have won ten in a row. Uh, Mitchell's back and healthy. And I looked at it, and it was Jazz minus two point five. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> the Nuggets are up at four a.m. and the Jazz, you know, only two and a half. And uh, then the Nuggets made sixteen of their first twenty shots. I did not wager on the game. I'm just saying I certainly looked at what the line was. Uh-huh. Well, good thing you didn't put any of your hard-earned money down. You had to write a couple more books. Um, all right. So there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, disagreement. So where are you at on Mike Conley? Listen, Conley, I believe, is still leading the league in overall plus minus. Here's the thing, though. And and he's, you know, for a long time, he kind of had the crown as the best player who'd never been an all-star. If the Jazz are getting two, are you really giving it to Conley over Mitchell? Good question. And also, if you have to make a choice between, if you're the coaches and you're choosing between Chris Paul and Mike Conley, because yeah. Chris Paul, Paul's on your bubble too, uh, Bontemps? Yeah. I mean, you're probably picking one or the other. Yeah, Conley's right. still leading the league in plus minus, and it's by 31 points. I mean, it's not even close. But I just, I mean, I think it's really difficult to make the argument that, uh, and the Jazz aren't getting three, let's be honest. I don't think so. And if, if you know, Gobert and Mitchell are the pillars of that franchise, and, and Conley's having another, just a, he's having a great year. He's having a great year. I, I don't think I can make a convincing enough case to have him make the cut for the Western Conference All-Stars. And has Ja missed too much time? Yeah, I think I think he has at this point. I mean, if he keeps playing this way and Memphis stays in the middle of the playoff picture, I think he'll have a shot. I mean, to me, this comes down to five guys. The two Utah guys, Chris Paul, DeMar DeRozan, and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, you know what? I think I, I think if the especially if the Rockets keep winning, I think you have to put Christian Wood. Oh, that's Wood right. In. You have to I think you got to right. put Christian Wood in that conversation. Wood definitely would definitely would definitely deserves to be in the mix given the way Houston's playing right now, for sure. No question. He's going to get some votes. I don't think he'll get in cuz I, I think Chris Paul will get in, like you said Brian, I think there there'll be enough respect for him, especially considering the coaches are voting for this. Uh, given the way Phoenix is playing and the jump they made from last year, I think he'll get in. And then, you know, we'll see what I, I think Mitchell and Paul are probably the most likely ones to make it. Though I would probably personally say Conley should make it over Mitchell just based off how he's played. And what about CJ? He was CJ would have CJ would have made right. it, but he's gonna miss the past six I know, weeks. I just I know, it I know. really I stinks because he's another guy like White Conley, who's been a really good player for a long time, hasn't made the all-star team and and was having an unbelievable season. I mean, he 
I think he would have been a lock if he was healthy, but I just don't think he's played enough games that he's going to be able to get in. All right. So you also mentioned Shea Gilgis Alexander um, putting up good numbers. Their team is overachieving, but still not, not really good enough. Um, and, you know, Brandon Ingram, and I, you didn't mention Zion. Zion's putting up big offensive numbers, but defensively, you know, they've been a disappointment. So, uh, well, and Zion has been a complete disaster defensively. So, I mean, yeah, he's putting up know. crazy offensive numbers. I just don't, you know, I I think they're underachieving. So, I think it's going to be harder to put either of them. And especially, this is the thing with Ja too. To make your first All Star team, you kind of got to hit it out of the park. Especially if you're a coach's pick, um, you kind of really got to hit it out of the park. And uh, it's not that it's Ja's fault that he was hurt, but it, mm-hmm. you know, your your case has to be very strong, typically. Typically, your case has to be very strong. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, it's still three weeks until the reserves voting. So if right. Memphis continues to be above five hundred and Jockey's playing great and stays healthy, then he'll have a he might have a shot to break in by then. But at this point, he's only played a handful of games. I don't think it's enough. The other thing is, so you mentioned Demar Derozan. Um, you know, that's a guy who's highly respected in the league. And again, if they're trying to break a tie, if the players are, or if the coaches are trying to break a tie, I think he may get. I think he's going to get some real consideration. The Spurs have been the Spurs have been really good. They've been fun to watch, and Demar is playing great. I mean, he's averaging six or seven assists a game. Um, he's not shooting threes. He's he's not shooting three still, but I mean, he's basically become a point forward for them. I mean, he's played really, really well. West is so tightly packed. San Antonio was in fourth place on on Saturday. They lost on Sunday, and they dropped to eleventh. I mean, it's just like it's hard to know. Um, you know, if they're if they're in fourth place, you think they should have an all star. But you know, the way it's packed, I don't know if it it's going to go that way. Um, but um, and then they lost by thirty to the Grizzlies, like two days later. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts. 122 million. For your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by all right eastern conference bon temps now this one let me, let me just say these these voting results will be interesting because i think there's a good chance that the nets could have three guys voted in mm-hmm. right this is where this is where the voting stuff gets a little tricky but i think that uh my starters for my ballot at least for now are james harden and jalen brown in the backcourt and then joel Embiid. Yadis Atetokounmpo and Kevin Durant in the front court. And then I had six locks for reserves. Trey Young, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, and Damanis Sabonis. Okay, so you do not have Kyrie on there. 
I do not because at this point he missed a chunk of games. And uh, so I, I think he's still a possibility. Now, again, to your point, he could get voted in as a starter. And also to your point, here are the then like dozen guys that I had for the one remaining spot. Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris from Philly, Kyrie, Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana, Colin Sexton and Andre Drummond from Cleveland, Gordon Hayward, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, Zach Levine, Nick Vucevic, and Julius Randle. Now, well, those guys at the end aren't necessarily in the mix, but you've got 11 or 12 guys who are having good seasons to basically there's get one spot. A, boy, there's going to be a long list of people who feel like they got snubbed. Well, and, and honestly, you can't say Bam is a lock and Kyrie's not. Kyrie, I mean, they've Bam missed time too. The Heat are, are, are way under 500. He's, well, part of part of that part of that Tim is that I think there's you have to have three forwards, and I I think Bam is going to be one of the three forwards that the coaches uh, pick too. Okay, realistically though, Kyrie is averaging 28 freaking points per game. Right. I mean, Kyrie no, efficiently is hell. His, so his, his shooting wanna, splits are 53.5, 44.7, 94.8. Well, and this is kind of my point. You could argue the East All-Star roster is set. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with that. Like, I think if Kyrie stays healthy, I think those three guys are going to make it. I think those other guys are all pretty well locked in. And barring an injury, there's your 12 All-Stars. Like, I don't think any of those other guys are going to be able to, um, to get in there. And like you mentioned, Brian, that people are going to be upset. I mean, one guy I'm curious to see how this goes for is Zach Levine in Chicago. You know, he's averaging 28 points a game. He was upset last year. He didn't make the all-star team. That team is under 500 again. And, you know, if they don't make, if he doesn't make the all-star team again, the team's already, you know, there's already been a lot of noise there that he's, you know, they've been doing campaign stuff for Zach to make the all-star team. That's a kind of situation where I don't think he's really got much of a shot given the, when you lay it out, like when you lay it out, like you just did, I don't think he's anywhere close and well, he's, I, even, he's even getting right. a, a, a sort of a, I mean, Jimmy Butler, I think plays forward for them, but somehow last year he was deemed a guard. Um, Jimmy Butler, isn't going to make it. I, I don't think cause he's missed so much time. Yeah. I didn't even um, include Jimmy just because of the so, amount of games he's missed. So I yeah, mean, but I, I guess he could be greater the next three weeks, but my guess is Jimmy's not going to make it. So he's even getting a sort of a bonus when there's a, a you know a genuine all star who's just going to be out. He's got um, he's got a rep as an empty calories number stuffer. I mean he's the numbers are ridiculous. He's twenty seven five and five, fifty forty damn near ninety. Um, but you know they're they're not a good team. And if you want to talk about plus minus, his plus minus if you stack that up against any of these other guys in the, in the conversation is. It's awful. <laughs> I do think no, he's no question. I think I do think he's not the same player as he was a couple of years ago. I do think he's uh, well, and, and, more. Um, he, I think he's a more contributing player. But I, but I agree. I don't. I just think the circumstances are going to go against him. I, I well, to be a, to be clear, I'm not arguing he should make it over these guys. But what I'm curious to see is the reaction to not making it over these guys because he was already mad he didn't make it last year. Yeah. He isn't doesn't make it again, and this team isn't very good. You know, it's going to be about a month before the trade deadline. I'll yeah. just be curious to see what the reaction to that is, especially in a trade market where, you know, I, the general per- consensus from people I talk to is that Bradley Beal is not going to be traded. So if you assume that to be the case, there's not a lot of interesting names that are necessarily going to be available. And Zach is a guy who, you know, if he became available, could be an interesting name. Well, uh, on this podcast a couple weeks ago, we did early sa- or small sample size theater and we talked about how Trey Young was struggling 
and I think Kevin Pelton basically presented the case that he would rebound. Um, he has. He's averaging 38 in his last five games. Um, two, three weeks ago, I wouldn't have put Trey in the lock category. Do you, do you agree with that, McMahon, that Trey's in the lock category now? I mean, he's been Yeah, w- with him winning, with the numbers that he's putting up, um, I, I think he's. I think he should be a lock. I, I don't. Average of twenty seven. It's average of twenty seven and nine on a playoff team in the East. Yeah. I think, By the way, and what's the biggest? Kyrie. Kyrie's averaging. He's twenty eight. And well, but that was to be clear. The, the only reason Kyrie wasn't a lock for and man made a fair counter about Bam. The only reason Kyrie wasn't a lock was because he missed a good chunk of games. Like if Kyrie stays healthy, he'll he's going to make the All Star team. And and, so, and what's the biggest knock on Trey Young? Okay, bad defensive player. Really, really bad defensive player. Listen. Look at these on-off numbers with Zach Levine right now. When he's on the floor, the Bulls give up 116.9 points per 100 possessions, which That's is sad. horrific. When he's off the floor, and again, fairly small sample size, but when he's off the floor, it's 99.1, which would be by far the best Very defense good. in the league. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, and you can argue, like I, you know, to be clear, like I said, I just thought it was an interesting discussion given off what's happened with him. But I would argue that you know Kyle Sexton's been better than him. I'd argue Gordon Hayward's been better than him. Then Levine, you know, I think, or, or yes, then Levine. Okay, yeah, no, then no, 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 no. I'm just saying to these guys who aren't going to make it, Malcolm Brogdon has been really good, right? Like these guys have all been, and all their teams are better. Like I, yeah. So I wasn't saying to be clear, I wasn't saying that he like should make it, but just you know, based off what has happened there, it's just a guy that I'll be curious to see what his reaction is. If he doesn't make it, like, I think we assume that he won't. Yeah. And, so, and you know, the, with, with Trey Young, look, nobody's saying that he's going to be an all defensive candidate anytime soon, but the Hawks are playing at least somewhat Decent defense at this point. They're they're a matter of fact, they're ranked ninth in the league. So you can't. And Trey's here. gotten a little better too. Yeah, like he's, obviously. Obviously, he's not a he's not a stopper or by any means, but he definitely isn't as bad as. And they've they've put some pieces bad. around him that really work. I mean, Capella has been a big big addition for them that fits really well with him. So my point is, you can't use that as some huge knock on Trey. Oh, he's the worst defensive player well, look, in the world uh, when they're a top the, ten. The thirtieth, the worst defensive team in the league is the Kings, but like. The Nets are right there, in my view, and they're going to have three guys from their starting line to make it. Yeah, they're right uh, there with the best offense in NBA history is the difference. Right, that's true. The The Blazers are the second worst defensive team in the league, and we're slamming Dame Lillard right in there right. as a lock. So, you know, the defense is only used as an excuse to, you know, if, if it needs to be. It's not always paid that close attention to when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, Colin Sexton is an interesting name. Again, I think as good as he's been – the challenge is going to be you have to be dominant uh, to make your first team. It has to be sort of clear. And the Cavs, I believe, have the hardest schedule between now and the All-Star break. Now, doesn't mean they have the hardest schedule between now and when the reserves are picked, but it, it could be, you know, or he could he could rise above. He could have a bunch more games and make it harder. Um, but I think he's a guy to watch going forward. Uh, you know, the, he's 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 certainly playing like an all-star for the Cavs. He's made a difference maker for them. But um, we'll see if this if the, the Cavs are hanging at 500 right now. Um, their schedule is brutal going forward. So at least for this next um, rest of this month. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Just to fact check myself, uh, since I said that Trey has been better defensively, and and I, the on-off numbers do say he's been better defensively. But I went and looked up his defensive real plus minus, which in the past has been the worst in the league, and he's improved this year, but to sixth worst in the league, uh, ahead of Lamelo Ball, Tremont Waters, who barely plays, 
James Harden, the aforementioned Zach Levine, and Russell Westbrook. So some <laughs> illustrious company there for Trey Young at the bottom of the defensive stage. Yeah, well. but, but they aren't a bad defensive team with him on the floor, and that's all that matters because he's a guy who, if you've got him on the floor and some decent talent around him, you will have a really damn good offense. So if no, and, no, and the three guys, that's and the enough. three guys at the and the three guys at the bottom, James Harden, Zach Levine, and Russell Westbrook, are on teams that are absolute dumpster fires when their teams are on the court. So yeah, you haven't you, you haven't heard great. you haven't heard Westbrook's name brought up on the on the All Star. He will not be he will not be in the All Star discussion for uh, for anyone. I don't believe certainly not for me. And 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 not that Harden's been a stopper in Brooklyn, but he's at least broken a sweat on that end of the floor, which he did not do during his brief rocket stint to start this season. Well, they they've collectively barely broken a sweat on the court, so defensively. So he's he's among white company. I'll say one thing, man. When they have it humming offensively, it is something to see. Well, they, they can they can certainly they oh can certainly God. score. There's no question about oh, that. The only question is are they gonna be able to stop the other team from scoring enough to win in the playoffs? That's no, the only question I, with them. I know that's not under debate, but I mean, a machine is almost understating it. Uh, they just, and they, a lot of times they just make it look so easy. And, um, you know, you can play really good defense on them. Like you can rotate, you can make the correct decisions and it just doesn't matter. It's just, you know, the, you know, they have so much firepower and like, you know, they had, we're going to talk about the Clippers in a minute, but when they actually have it going from the outside, like they did uh, against the Clippers and their big win uh, on Tuesday night, you know, it's, it's a miracle that uh, teams can stay in it, but it's not a miracle because they totally lay down on the other end. Um, so it would be a shame if Demodis Sabonis does not make it because I think the Pacers have been really good this year and he has been really strong. I know he made it last year. Um, the Pacers deserve to have a representative. By the way, uh, he's a low-profile player playing in a small market, so it's probably not getting recognized. But you know, Jeremy Lamb is coming off of a ACL tear. I don't remember a guy coming back from an ACL, especially mid season. Oh, and not just and not just an ACL. I mean, he tore a, he he messed a bunch of stuff up in his knee. That was a pretty gruesome injury last year. Yeah, and so he, and, and he doesn't get the benefit of coming back in and starting at the same speed as everybody like an off season. He comes back in mid season, and the Pacers are you know down, you know they've got injured players and you know the unfortunate situation with um, with Karis Levert. And Jeremy Lamb has been a huge uh, offensive difference maker for them uh, coming in. He's he's putting up um, some terrific numbers since he's come back, uh, shooting f- over 50% from the field. Um, the exact inverse of what we normally see from a guy who comes back from a uh, from an ACL, what you normally really start slow. 50, he's played eight games, 51% from the field, 47% on threes. Now, do I think it's going to last? No, he's he's a career thirty three percent three point shooter, thirty four percent. I guess he's bumped up now from this year. Uh, on on that's by the way, that's on five a game. So um, anyway, um, it would be a shame if, if Sabonis didn't make it. And I suspect that the coaches will reward a team that's played pretty well. And I think Sabonis has a good chance of of eking in there. The other guy is, and I don't see how he can make it. I just because they they've been such a disappointment, but. Nikola Vucevic in Orlando has had a just an excellent uh, season, and I, I don't see I don't see how he fits on there. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard. I mean, for he's another guy, right? Like he's one of these ten or eleven guys in that mix for one spot, right? And like he's um, he he's had a great year, but like you know, if a guy with like 
Ben Simmons was an all NBA player last year. He's not really even in the discussion, right? So like it's when you have literally one spot maybe available and that's if Kyrie, you know, that's assuming like Kyrie is not a lock. Like if you make him a lock, like, okay, then it's Nick Vucevic versus Sabonis or Bam at a buy. Like he's just, those guys aren't going to, he's not going to get in over those guys almost certainly. You wouldn't Average, think no matter how good he's been. 23 points a game, career high. Averaging um, 11 rebounds a game. Averaging four assists a game. Averaging one steal a game. Shooting thir- 43% on threes. On uh, six threes a game. Those are awesome numbers, but it's the magic and, you know, it just doesn't get a lot of attention and they're, they're an underachieving, not underachieving. They're just not achieving really. Um, and you know, they've had injuries, you know, uh, a couple of guys out for the year. So, um, uh, I'm not it's sure. It's a big difference in the East all-stars when James Harden and Kevin Durant are, uh, in the mix. I know it, it, it really does. Uh, and Jalen Brown becoming an all NBA player. We you didn't know, even talk about that. So, so I'll be, I, I doubt the fans were, you don't think the fans reward him with a starting cause he's just sort of new, but he'll, he, I'll bet if he doesn't get a starting spot that he's a unanimous pick by the coaches. Yeah. I'd be stunned if he's not. And, and look, he plays for a, a huge market team, right? I mean, he's going to get a lot of votes. So, I mean, there's, he certainly got a chance to start. I think he probably won't, but he's got a shot. I think the nets are sweeping the backcourt positions. I think Harden and I think Harden and Kyrie are getting those votes. Yeah, um, wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise Kyrie, me at all. even with um, regardless of why he was away from the team, uh, even with all the issues that he's had, Kyrie is an incredibly popular player. He's ex- just extremely popular with fans, and you know, uh, I don't think his some of his statements and things is actually. Yeah, no, it, it certainly it certainly won't be also at all surprising if he gets voted as a starter, and he, he deserves to make. Assuming he stays healthy, he deserves to make the team anyway. So ultimately, it doesn't matter. Do you follow him on Instagram? I do follow Kyrie on Instagram. Good, I'm sure he appreciates that. I'm sure he does. <laughs> Meanwhile, your Instagram got hacked. Did anything? Listen, really... I'm back in business, baby. Okay, but did anything like really bad happen during the hacking? No, somebody just like spammed a whole bunch of people and tried to pull the same situation i mean i lost i look i still have near the the fewest followers of any verified account but i went from like 600 something to 18 which was a huge blow to my ego um <laughs> you had 18 I, total well I'm, I'm back up i'm i am back into uh at least the triple digits now despite <laughs> bond temps, get this no follow back from wendy no follow back from wendy i don't, I don't uh, i mean i'm not, I'm not really i'm not no, that's a lot. No, no, yeah, no. I, I have an account, you, but I'm not. If, okay, if so we want to, we want to so talk the about alleged a leading hoop collector. Allegedly. Right, right. Yeah, if we want to talk about team players here, uh, hmm, okay. I think we're getting more of the Cavaliers version of Kyrie out of Windy than we are the <laughs> happy-go-lucky uh, best buddies in Brooklyn version. Anything that's been posted on Instagram in the last seven or eight months on my account has been posted by Andrew Hahn, and I'm not kidding. He has my password. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Look at this big shot. I want it on the, I want it on the Boy, I'm, you're <laughs> delegating. I mean, that's when you really have made it. When you get to delegate to one of our bosses. You've got your own podcast your and your boss. Account. You got your own podcast and your boss is posting on your Instagram. You're I got to go eat some of those. Once this, once this COVID stuff's over, I got to treat Han to some of those hipster LA restaurants. I know that's how you get in with them. You yeah, got to um, bring those hipster restaurants. Yeah, he took us to some. The last time we all went out to dinner together, remember we went to some Korean barbecue place out there? Uh huh. 
he he like had to make some reservation like weeks in advance to get us in or something like that. Uh, or no, it was it was a Mexican place. The year before it was a Korean. Yes. Place. Yeah, so I was going to say, the last time we were all together for dinner was at that Mexican place. That's and right. Then, and then I went to another dinner afterwards because I didn't see things <laughs> on that menu. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so I th- I do think uh, – I already have noticed now that the All-Star game is going to happen, and I, I, I do see people who are thinking certain guys are going to be All-Stars, and you know, once you break down the numbers as Bontemps did, um, there's going to be some disappointed folks because I just – I think especially in the Eastern Conference. So – yeah, like um, I said, you add you add two All NBA players, and and you know Jalen jumping up to that level. That's three guys that were not in the mix a year ago that are now, right? So did, you start did doing Tatum, that. Did Tatum make away. the All Star team last year? I can't. Yes. Remember. Okay. So he's um he's a mainstay. Uh, yes. So so if there's one if there's one pacer who makes it, is it Brogdon or Sabonis? I think you could I think you could legit argue either way. They've both been awesome. I think Sabonis made since he made it last year and there's a you know, there's a bunch of guards in the East. I suspect that Sabonis is the guy who makes it, but I, I don't think you could go wrong either way. Brogdon's been awesome. So Beal didn't make it last year, but should have and will is a lock to make it this year. Yeah. Uh Tobias Harris having a spectacular season. Um just a numbers game right there, right? I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Oh, Tobias Harris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been really good. But again, like, you know, it's kind of goes back to the Utah point that uh, that Tim made, right? You, he's probably not making it over Ben Simmons. And if Ben Simmons isn't making it, I don't see Tobias making it, despite how well Tobias has played. Tobias has been great, but it's just going to be hard. Yeah. And a guy who made it last year who hasn't even been mentioned is Siakam, right? Has had a disappointing. Yeah, game. I, I, yeah, I don't see him. I don't see him making it. I mean, Kyle Lowry's made it what six, seven years in a row, and I, like, he's played pretty well this year again, also. But they've, they've underachieved a bit, uh, and I, you know, I don't think he's even really that close. You know, Fred VanVleet at fifty-four points last night, and he's averaging twenty a game. I don't think he's that close. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's not the, it's not the old Eastern Conference All Stars. You know, just with the, with the amount of talent that's out in the East. I mean, it's a, it's just a much different calculus. And we didn't bring up Gordon Hayward, who's um, who's been awesome. He's been awesome too. And you know, one of the reasons why he went to Charlotte was to try to get back into that. You know, you know, he I think he was a Western Con- he was Western Conference All Star his last year in Utah. He never made it in Boston for various reasons, injuries being the primary one. Let's look at let's look at his numbers. Twenty three points. That's a career high. Yeah, shooting fifty percent from the field, shooting forty percent from three, averaging a few assists a game. They've they've been pretty good. Like he he's been awesome. But again, it's just like you know. Hey, what a, I mean, do they got to get Hayward in there for ratings reasons? Who doesn't want to tune in for him? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just like there's a lot of guys with good candidacies. I mean, I think it's I actually think the Eastern Conference roster after the you know trying to pick the final spot or two. Actually, I think you make a pretty good case. It's tougher than the West. I just you know, at the end of the day, there's, you know, there's a bunch of good players that aren't going to make it. Well, um, it would not surprise me if, uh, if no Houston Rockets made it after they've had two guys on the team for. Yeah. Again, Wood, Wood, Wood is a legit candidate. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what they, I mean, if they keep on who, you know, who has the longest winning streak in the uh, league right now? Is it the Houston Rockets? The, the, the mighty. Houston Rockets. Well, that's what I was making a pivot. Um, Ooh, they pivot, have, baby, pivot. Like Yao Ming in the post. Uh, they play. Who do they play tonight? 
McMahon. The not so mighty Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, well, I wouldn't wouldn't guarantee anything with them. They sneak up on people, but uh, so they're going for seven in a row tonight, and uh, they've crawled up. They've they've crawled up to to ninth. Although it's <laughs> it's sort of a they're sort of a they're thousands of a point ahead of uh, Golden State and San Antonio, and um, you know they're a game and a half ahead of Sacramento and if you give them a game and a half, they're only a game and a half out of fourth. So it's still pretty tight. But um, as you mentioned, uh, six in a row, um, defensively, they've played really well. They've won seven out of 10 overall. Uh, in addition to Christian Wood putting up big numbers, what's going on in Houston that is uh, that has turned things around and actually got them, the Rockets, uh, getting a bit chesty from what I can see out there. <laughs> Uh, chesty. I love that. Look, there obviously there are a bunch of dudes who feel like they've got a lot to prove. They've got a huge chip on their shoulder. Um, it helps that they all actually want to be there. Or if, if PJ Tucker doesn't necessarily want to be there, he's at least bought in, which clearly look, I mean, the hard thing was a huge black cloud. We all understand that. We don't need to, to delve into that. But what they've got now is a bunch of dudes who play hard, play unselfishly. Uh, I think Steven Silas, if we're going to talk about, you know, quarter point of the season, coach of the year candidates, he's got to be high on he's that. Done a really great job. He's done a really, really great job. Yeah, for, for, for all sure. the for all the crap that, that he handled. And and even since Harden's been gone, you know, Wall missed a stretch of games. You know, Oladipo, they're obviously being very careful with sitting him some. Um, Wood even missed some games. When Cousins stepped into the starting lineup, you know, he put up uh, big numbers for him. And then they've just like, give Rafael Stone credit, man. He's found like, you know, Jay Sean Tate is a dude he found playing in Australia who, you know, he's a, he's an undrafted rookie that's been plugged in their starting lineup and produces for him. Eric Gordon is playing phenomenal ball on both ends of the floor. You know, he got that extension last year and it looked like a horrible contract. He was injured. He had the midseason knee surgery. He was never right last year. It was this funky, like, you know, situation where, he was basically watching uh, Harden and Russ take turns, but Gordon has been, you know, playing out of his mind, and so they've got a lot of guys who feel like they've got a ton to prove. They're playing their asses off. You know, it's not been the most difficult stretch of schedule. That that's certainly part of it. Um, but you know, there's just kind of a a really good vibe, which obviously is the total opposite of a, of what it was to start the season for them. By the way, for Coach of the Year for the for the first quarter, I'm going to go with Taylor Jenkins, um, who didn't have Jaron Jackson and didn't have John Morant for a big stretch, and they're nine and seven. Also had a COVID shutdown. So. Yeah, I mean he 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 deserves mention. Uh, Quinn Snyder was coach of the Western Conference Coach of the Months, yeah, which is for sure. Yeah, Doc yeah. Rivers was Eastern Conference Coach of the Months. And then you say uh, a month because it includes December and January, right? Which yeah. I don't get that. Why did whatever? I guess December was a little. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking normal school, right? And then they uh, do that. They do that every year too. They always say October, November, right? Normal season. And then the other guy who I think absolutely deserves uh, mention in that group is is JB Bickerstaff. When you look at how competitive the Cavaliers have been, um. You know, when uh, he took over a team that was in complete disarray, they were competitive in the last season. Well, they were 30th uh, in defense the last two years, and I, I don't know where they are at this moment, but at the start of the week, I think they were 8th or ninth. Yeah, they're, so. sub, they're 7th right now. And, okay. and you're seeing development in some of the young players there. Without Kevin Love, they're, you know, 
still right. Well, that probably right helps there. their defense. Well, though, frankly. Okay, but still, they're ten and eleven without the the guy who makes the most money on the team. That's so, true. That's just my my short list of guys I think are deserving coach of the year candidates. But Houston, um, do you think that they can with this? I mean, the other thing they have they have choices to make about whether or not they're going to trade off pieces. We talked about this earlier in the week, but. Obviously, P.J. Tucker's name has been out there. Daniel House's name has been out there. And while they haven't floated Victor Oladipo, that is an option for them to do before the deadline. Right. Um, Victor, you know, Victor is, you know, he, the other night, you know, and I like Victor. I have nothing bad to say about him. But, you know, he's saying all all the teams, all the teams quit on me. You know, he's kind of, you know. Yeah, the the, the Indiana thing wasn't, you know, whatever. Like, it was. Very strange, I mean, very strange situation. The the Thunder traded him for Paul George. I don't think that's an insult. Yeah, you know. Um, so uh, the Magic traded him for Serge Ibaka because they didn't want to pay him, and right. that was that. That's a fair point. You can say they. It, it was a disaster. It was a disaster trade all around for Orlando, and they uh, traded Serge within a year up to Toronto um, for Terrence Ross and I think a first round pick. So um, that's a fair point, but. Um, Bontemps, uh, do you think Houston can maintain this? And, you know, do you think that they hold on to these guys now that they were thinking about what's trading because they might have something? I would assume McMahon would probably have a better sense of this than me, but I would assume it wouldn't change their thinking uh, between now and the deadline. I think they were probably going to wait anyway and do something, but I suspect if they could get a good deal for Victor Oladipo or PJ Tucker or any of these other guys, I think they would still do something by the deadline. But yeah, look, I mean, if they don't trade those guys, I mean, they have a decent team. Like mm-hmm. you, you're gonna go through the roster. Like John Wall, when you know health is an issue, but when John Wall's healthy, he's a solid point guard. Victor Oladipo is a good two guard. Christian Wood has been a good center. PJ Tucker is solid, right? Uh, Daniel House is a solid defensive wing. Christian um, Wood has been damn good. Uh, you know, he he's no, he's really no, he's been really good. he's been really good. Like they have they have they have a decent amount of talent, and like. They, know, they, 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 have, they have depth they haven't had. Sterling Brown, the wob off the bench, both those guys yep. have played well. You know, they, they've, yep. got 10, they've got 10 guys in the rotation that can play, which well, has not been you, the case in the past. No question. And if you look at the West, right, I would say there's, you know, five teams you look at that are definite playoff teams barring catastrophic injury in Utah, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nuggets, and the Suns. And then after that, you've got Portland, Houston, Dallas, Golden State, San Antonio, New Orleans, like there's no reason that Houston can't be in the mix with those teams. And that's like six to 12 in the West. Right. right. Especially, so when, especially when you're talking about right. 10 teams. Uh, here's what I would say about the Rockets in terms of the trade market. I, I still anticipate that PJ Tucker gets moved and that's simply because they, yes, this is fun for the Rockets. Yes. This is, you know, there's a, a refreshed vibe in the organization and they're really enjoying being competitive and, and proving people wrong right now. But it's not about this season for the Rockets. This is about laying a, a cultural foundation. But, you know, obviously when you make the, the moves that they've made and gotten all the picks, it's about building for the future. And P.J. Tucker's not going to be part of their future. They had extension discussions. Those broke down. Uh, those extension discussions happened when they were still hoping to be able to keep Harden on board. Obviously, he's gone. And there will be interest in P.J. Tucker from, you know, he's a guy, a plug-and-play guy for a bunch of contenders. I don't think they'll be able to squeeze a first-round pick uh, out of him. You know, maybe they can. Maybe it's just multiple seconds, whatever it is. I, I think he's I think he's moved. 
and they've you know they've got some young guys in particular uh tate who i think can uh you know can take a big part of that role um oladipo the the kind of the sense that i get is the rockets are really kind of in an evaluation mode on him that's what stone said yeah and it's a mutual yeah stone said it you know he hopes it's a great marriage but yeah right so um I, and I think it's a, it's a two-way evaluation process, right? Because Oladipo in this market is going to have options. I think we all understand that. Um, and so I think they've got a little over a month and a half left for the deadline. And I, you know, by that time, they'll probably have a pretty good sense of whether this is a guy they want to pay a bunch of money in the offseason or if it's a guy they would rather flip for uh, you know, another asset or two. Yeah, well, uh, Houston's become um, one of the most interesting teams in the league. I, I don't know how long it'll remain that way, but um, they're certainly worth monitoring. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. There was an important game that happened on Tuesday night. It came down to the last seconds. Uh, Brooklyn uh, Clippers. Um, Paul George complained after the game about foul calls and stuff, but, uh, you know, this was a game that, you know, was needed for Brooklyn, especially after they they lost that game to... Uh, to the Wizards. It was at the end of a long road trip for, um, I guess they have, they have one more game left on this road trip. Uh, the Clippers, they have a right at the, near the end of a seven game road trip. Um, uh, you know, when watching the end of that game, which, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's a, ultimately it's a game in the first week of February. It certainly doesn't define anything. Um, you know, the Nets just put up, you know, they were doing their Nets thing. I mean, they shot 57% as a team. Um, Kyrie had 39 um, with six of eight on threes. But then again, you could flip it. I'll do, I'll do bond. I'll step in for bond times before he says anything. They shoot 57% at home and they win by four, <laughs> you know, that Look, just, it, 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 say, say what you want. I promise you this. If you tune in to watch the Nets play, you will be entertained. Oh, they're the most entertaining team in the league, bar none. Every game is going to be at least 125 to 120, and it's often going to be 145 to 140. And well, the end of the game is going to be insane. Waller's law, so. law does not apply to the Nets. <laughs> Waller's okay, law, that thing has been inflated. That, that, gets, that gets eclipsed in the third quarter. Yeah. The other, the other no, night it, against uh, Washington, it was 108, 101 after three. Yeah, it's first to 125, maybe. <laughs> maybe. 
So, but anyway, watch the end of this game, Bontemps. Um, you, 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 something struck you. Um, and what was it? Yeah, the Clippers are the same team they were in the playoffs against Denver in particular, in that when they get down the stretch of these games, their offense devolves to a bunch of standing around until somebody shoots the ball. And the reason for that is, like in the playoffs, they don't have a point guard to get them into an offense and to like run an offense. And Paul George isn't really that guy. Kawhi Leonard isn't really that guy. Patrick Beverly, when he's healthy, he didn't play. He isn't that guy. Reggie Jackson was playing in that game in the fourth quarter. He definitely isn't that guy. <laughs> no, he's like they, not. I mean, he he was a disaster at the end of that game. I mean, they Beverly's out with a knee injury. Yeah, they. I, I have thought since that playoff run and the the way it ended against Denver that. For as good as the Clippers are and as talented as they are, they desperately are in need of a point guard who can run an offense and get them into stuff down the stretch of games. Because as we were just talking about, the Nets are a train wreck on defense. And if, But if you're going to just stand around and then shoot a, a jumper with five seconds on the shot clock, even the Nets can guard that. Like If you're actually running stuff, you're going to get buckets. And if you try to get into some ISO back and forth game with the Nets, like yeah, the Nets are going to beat you, which is what happened down the stretch of that yeah, game. Some of the best ISO players in the history of the game. Right, exactly. So I would argue not, they have probably three of the greatest ISO players in the history of the game. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's much of an argument. Like legitimately pretty, pretty three simple. probably of the top 10 or 15. And, and, yeah, and for sure. Two, two of the top five, I would say. Yeah, at least. I mean, I mean, they're they're all terrific. So, you know, but look, I that's my, that was my takeaway watching that game. It was less about the Nets and more just that if I'm the Clippers between now and the deadline, uh, in late March, I'm doing everything I can to get a point guard that can run an offense for me. I'm calling Minnesota. I'm trying to get Ricky Rubio. I'm trying to get some. And obviously, Rubio has been hasn't been great for Minnesota this year. But I and they don't have any first round picks, so they have they'd have to throw in a bunch of seconds or something. But like I, they to me for them to be a championship team, they need to get some upgrade on that point guard spot because they just don't. I don't think Beverly is that guy for them. And I just think they need somebody who can get them into offensive sets late in games against, you know, this high level teams, if they're going to, you know, be able to overcome the issues that they had last year. Yeah. I mean, they have had a really good season to this point and they have been more focused, uh, play with more of a purpose than they did a year ago. Um, but you know, and they've won games by having, uh, Kawhi and Paul George be their offensive their sort of creator down the stretch, but has done some of it. Um, in this particular case, um, you know, in this, this game last night, you saw it, you could see, um, well, they were wheezing a little bit and, you know, they were, you know, I think in the last two minutes, they ended up with, I think two or three possessions. We ended up with Nick Batum shooting threes. I, I tell you which, what, why don't they just have, uh, give Chauncey Billups a Jersey. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's already on the bench. Okay, just give him a jersey, and he only plays like the he only like the last five minutes. You you can you can load management him. He's only a guy who plays the last five minutes of close games. I think Chauncey still has a, enough in his legs to get it done. You know, the thing about it is, is that like that's exactly the time. I mean, Chauncey Billups is probably going to be a Hall of Famer, but like that vintage of guard is what they need. They don't. Oh, need that's why like, I think Rubio would be good for them. I mean, Rubio is flawed, but like he's going to be able to get them into offensive sets and. Get them running. They'll they'll pick the pace up too. Like they when they struggle, they tend to kind of get into these, you know, walk it up and stand in the half court and stand like they when they're moving around, they're really good. When they get you know stationary, that's when they struggle. So and he's a guy that's just a, like he fits that bill and he's available. And again, like 
the Clippers aren't exactly overflowing with trade assets too. So like, you know, they're, they're limited by the hard cap. They're limited by the lack of picks. I mean, it, they're going to have to be creative to try to find a way to fix that. But I just think it's something they need to try to do over the next couple of months here. I thought for sure they were going to address that um, in the off season. And I think they sniffed around it, but they, um, they really didn't, you know, you know, they, they, yeah. they made, the- there, 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 there was Rondo rumors with them. Yeah. Well, again, Rondo, you know, not regular season Rondo, but playoff Rondo would be amazing. Um, you know, you know, the, I know, they, I know they, one championship point guard who will be available in late March. Mi amigo, mi amigo, Jose Juan Barea playing with the well, Studiantes I, right now. I'm telling you. I was in a passion defense you had on the low post to get it back hey, on the map. I'm telling you what, if, if Barea lands with a contender, uh, Bill Duffy's his agent. I'm going to have to negotiate with Bill. I, I want 1%. <laughs> I want 1% of the minimum. Um, but I'm serious. If you talk about a guy who, look, he ain't going to play a lot of minutes, but if you talk about a guy who can run a freaking offense, I mean, he, you know, can run some pick and roll, can can get you in your sets, can run your offense. You I know. love JJ, but I don't I don't think JJ is necessarily the solution. I think to your point, JJ would be good to be back in Dallas uh, to help them out, I think, with well, their situation. But I, and, uh, and, I don't know if he's that, helping the Clippers. Yeah. Hey, I, I, you know, you the guy they need back in Dallas is Seth Curry. Yeah, that's uh, and you know, I, I don't know if you guys want to get into this or not, but I don't. Okay, good. We won't. Right time. time. But um, well, thanks, Wendy. (laughs) And the Hoop Um, Collective will just shut up now. Then (laughs) that's right. You're collectively, you're collectively uh, muzzled. Uh, A reminder that the new Thirty for Thirty airs on Thursday, the day this podcast comes out. Uh, and it's about Al Davis and the Raiders. And if you love that film, which I'm sure you will, Super Bowl week leading up to it, all kinds of excitement, um, you'll want to listen to more about it. So please check out Jalen and Jacoby, The After Show, wherever you get your podcast or where you're listening to this podcast right now. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective Podcast. Thank you to Tim Bontemps. Thank you to Tim McMahon. Everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll be back with you next week. Adios, amigos. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate.